press the follow or subscribe button in your podcast app to get daily updates from the front. A special update from the journalists of The Australian. I'm Claire Harvey. The jury in the rape trial of former Liberal staffer Bruce Lehrman has been discharged. ACT Chief Justice Lucy McCallum told the Supreme Court there had been misconduct by a juror and she was dismissing the entire jury. The judge said sheriff's officers, while tidying the jury room, had accidentally bumped a juror's document folder onto the floor and found evidence at least one member of the jury had done research on the case and brought an academic research paper on sexual assault into the jury room. Juries are not allowed to consider anything that hasn't been presented as evidence in court. The judge told the jury she was sorry to dismiss them and said, I've heard an explanation and it may be that no harm has been done, but that is not a risk I can take. She warned jurors not to disclose their deliberations in a way that might result in them being published, saying, if you do, you'll be committing an offence. Bruce Lehrman was charged with having sexual intercourse without consent with Brittany Higgins in 2019. The case burst into the national consciousness when she went public with her claims, and it's been the subject of a dramatic trial in the ACT Supreme Court. The Director of Public Prosecutions will now need to consider whether another trial will be held. More in just a moment. It was widely known as the Brittany Higgins case, but this was always the trial of Bruce Lehrman. She said he raped her while she was barely conscious after a night of drinking in March 2019. He said no sexual activity occurred. He was the most senior staffer in the office of then Minister Linda Reynolds. She was the most junior, a media advisor just beginning her career in politics. Together with colleagues, they'd had a night out in Canberra's early autumn chill, drinking at two bars. She wore a white dress. He wore a suit. As the evening wrapped up, the pair took an Uber together to Parliament House and at about 1.40am, Lehrman signed them in at the security desk, telling guards he was there to collect some documents. Less than an hour later, Lehrman left the building, going home in an Uber to his girlfriend. Miss Higgins remained in the office and in the early hours of the morning, a security guard came to check on her, finding her completely naked and asleep on the minister's sofa. She would later say she'd woken to find Lehrman raping her. Miss Higgins said she repeatedly told him to stop. It wasn't until nearly a year later that her story burst into the national consciousness. The story lit a flame of anger and blame, with women marching in the streets, demands for an overhaul of parliamentary culture and a tidal wave of social media opinion about Higgins, about Lehrman and about justice. He has always said nothing happened. She was painted as a victim of a diseased political culture and as a vindictive fantasist. He was painted as a monster and as a man who never stood a chance of getting a fair trial. Now the jury has been discharged and both their lives remain in limbo. I'm joined now by The Australian's Kristen Shorten. 
Kristen, the defence told the jury Brittany Higgins just could not be believed and highlighted a number of inconsistencies in her account. Let's go through some of them. First, the dress she was wearing on the night. What did she say about that? Yeah, Claire, this point about the white dress that she was wearing on the evening and the morning when she was allegedly raped is one of the parts of her story which I guess was sort of discredited or had holes poked in it quite early on in her cross-examination. So we all know, especially from seeing the CCTV in court, that on the night that she went out for drinks, which was March 22, 2019, she was wearing a white kukai dress. And after the alleged assault, Brittany told the court that she had kept that dress in a plastic bag under her bed for six months and did not wear it again. Defence barrister Stephen Wybrow tore that story to shreds. He said that photos extracted from her own mobile phone by police showed her wearing that dress just weeks later after the alleged assault. So what had actually happened was just a few weeks after the alleged assault, Brittany had gone to Perth with Senator Linda Reynolds to work on the electoral campaign over there for about six weeks. She'd actually packed that white dress and taken it with her. And she had photos on her phone of herself wearing that dress on May 15, 2019, which was about eight weeks after the alleged assault. There were also a lot of other areas where the defence were able to show inconsistency or contradictions in her version of events, not necessarily on the night of the alleged assault, but in things that happened after the alleged assault. For example, Ms Higgins had told multiple people, including an ex-boyfriend and her chief of staff, that she had attended medical appointments in the week or the two weeks following the alleged assault, which turned out to not be true. The AFP had contacted the medical centres that she'd elected as having gone to and found that she had not attended or even made any appointments at those medical centres. She conceded during her cross-examination that she had lied about that and that it was untrue. She said that she had the intention of going to the doctors, she wanted to do the right thing, she was making appointments, but she never followed through with them because she was so depressed and bed-bound. Kristen, let's look at Bruce Lehrman's version of events, which he's only given once in a police interview recorded in April 2021. He told the Parliament House security guards when entering the building he was there to collect documents and he later told police he was there to pick up his keys. How did that inconsistency play out during the trial? That's right. So before the court was actually played Bruce Lamon's police interview from April 2021, the court had heard audio of Mr Lamon talking to security at the Parliament House entrance on that morning of March 23, 2019. He buzzed security and he said, I'm here from Linda Reynolds' office, I need to collect some papers. And they let him through. However, when his evidence-in-chief interview with the AFP from April 2021 was played to the court, you could hear him giving police various different explanations as to why he'd returned to the office. So he was saying that his primary reason was to get his apartment keys. He said that he left them there when he finished work on Friday because he wasn't planning on having a big night. He went straight from work to the Kingo, the Kingston Hotel, where he had beer and a steak with one of his colleagues and mates, which was Dutton's media advisor, Austin Wenke. And then they went straight from the Kingo to the dock where they met Ms Higgins and other colleagues and defence industry acquaintances. 
Later on, though, as the interview progressed, he said that he also wanted to do some work. He said that he had some things on his mind that he'd been discussing while out at this social function, and he wanted to make some notes on the question time folders while it was all still fresh in his mind. However, subsequently to that, on the Tuesday after the alleged assault, when he was called into Linda Reynolds' chief of staff's office, that's the office of Fiona Brown, for a meeting about the security breach as to why he was entering Parliament House after hours, he had told Fiona Brown that he'd gone back to Linda Reynolds' office or her suite, I should say, to drink whiskey. However, he told the AFP that there was no alcohol in the office and that he didn't have any alcohol at his desk. And he emphatically said that he did not drink any alcohol while back in the ministerial suite with Brittany Higgins. The footage of him leaving Parliament House, he's not leaving with any paperwork or taking any documents with him. Kristen Shorten is a journalist with The Australian. You can read all our coverage of this story right now at theaustralian.com.au. A troubled young woman. Her evil parents. We never had any issues between us. Has justice been done? I'm in a prison. Join journalist Richard Gilliatt as he delves into one of Australia's most gripping cases. Shadow of Doubt a new podcast investigation from The Australian. I cannot find one of these allegations that's possible. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. 